Senator Chuck Grassley reveals shocking new information about alleged taped conversations between Joe Biden and a Ukrainian oligarch. Karine Jean-Pierre violates the Hatch Act and Donald Trump prepares for his arraignment. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, today is one of the most Crucial days in the history of American politics when the former president of the United States and current Republican frontrunner shows up at a federal courthouse in Miami to turn himself in for arraignment. That is the reading of the charges. And here's the thing. While Donald Trump is about to enter the criminal bar on the federal docket, Joe Biden continues to be subjected to very little scrutiny by members of federal law enforcement. And this discrepancy is very clear to pretty much everyone. At this point, because when we look at our political class, generally speaking, I think most Americans, they look at the political class, they see a lot of people who seem to be corrupt, people who seem to violate the rules, skirt the rules, but only certain types of people seem to get fully investigated and then prosecuted. The discrepancy between Hillary Clinton's behavior and her exoneration at the hands of the FBI and Donald Trump's behavior and his criminal indictment at the hands of the DOJ, right? That discrepancy is very clear to everybody, but it's also clear to everybody that the current occupant of the White House His entire family has been making millions of dollars off of his name for years while he was vice president of the United States, going around and picking up bags of cash. And now we have this information that has been very little covered by the legacy media, this information from a whistleblower in what's called the 1023 form, suggesting that Joe Biden was fully aware of Hunter Biden working with Burisma in order to essentially facilitate bribery while he was president and vice president of the United States. The goal apparently was for Burisma to open business arrangements in the United States using Hunter's relationship with Joe to pave the way and also to get Joe Biden to exert pressure on a Ukrainian prosecutor to go away because that Ukrainian prosecutor was looking into Burisma. These questions have been very open for a very long time, but this whistleblower document, which the FBI was refusing to turn over to Congress, has now been looked at by members of Congress and some of the information that's being spilled out there by Pretty serious people, right? Not fringe members of the Republican caucus, but people like Senator Chuck Grassley, longtime Republican senator from Iowa. Pretty shocking. So yesterday, Senator Grassley, he pointed out that it is fascinating how law enforcement, federal law enforcement has been laser focused on Donald Trump, but there's been almost no laser focus on the Biden family. Based on the facts known to the Congress and the public, It's clear that the Justice Department, the FBI, haven't nearly had the same laser focus on the Biden family. So he's obviously right about that, and everybody knows that he is right about that. So Grassley went on to actually describe some of the information in this so-called 1023 whistleblower document. Some of that information includes the fact that apparently the person who's making the allegation says that there are taped recordings, like audio recordings, between not Hunter Biden and Ukrainian oligarchs working with Burisma, but Joe Biden and Ukrainian oligarchs working for Burisma. Now, that doesn't mean that bribery was facilitated on the phone call, but it does raise some pretty serious questions as to why Joe was getting on the phone with the people that Hunter was picking up cash from. I mean, that obviously creates a pretty significant appearance of impropriety, given the fact that Hunter was completely not in the government at the time. And a lot of people have been comparing, for example, Jared Kushner and Donald Trump to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, because Jared Kushner now runs a very well-funded hedge fund that has a bunch of Saudi money in it. The difference is that Jared Kushner was actually working for the American government and facilitating peace policy in the Middle East when he was working for Donald Trump. Hunter was basically freelancing out in Ukraine, snorting coke off the floor while picking up giant checks from Burisma with no expertise in either natural gas or Ukraine while facilitating phone calls between his pops 
and these Ukrainian oligarchs. And apparently some of those phone calls are now on tape. Here's Grassley alleging just that. That the foreign national who allegedly bribed Joe and Hunter Biden allegedly has audio recordings of his conversation with them. 17 such recordings. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses 15 audio recordings of phone calls between him and Hunter Biden. According to the 1023, the foreign national possesses two audio recordings of phone calls between him and then Vice President Joe Biden. So the real question here is whether the FBI has actually done any of the research on this sort of stuff, because the FBI was more than happy to launch an entire investigation based on garbage information about George Papadopoulos mouthing off in bars based on the Steele dossier, which is a compendium of nonsense. They launched a full-scale four-year investigation into Donald Trump and supposed Russian collusion. But meanwhile, they have a whistleblower who's alleging actual taped phone calls between the vice president of the United States, now the president of the United States, and corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs who were paying his son. And we have no information as whether the FBI is actually even bothering to investigate any of this. Meanwhile, James Comer, the Republican congressperson who is on the House Oversight Committee, he's been saying that the Biden family pretty obviously is shuttling around money here. They have 20 shell companies. You're hot on the trails. This trail gets hotter and hotter and the bribery scandal grows and the evidence points to it. Does this not constitute an impeachable offense for President Biden? Yeah, if we can trace bribery, it sure does. But look what we've already found, Larry. Uh, the Biden family has at least 20 shell companies that were created for the sole purpose to launder money to at least nine Biden family members. When you create a bunch of shell companies for the sole purpose of laundering money, that's called racketeering. And the and the the money laundering, the, those aren't my words. Those are the words of at least six big publicly traded banks that filed bank violations to get the Biden family. They said it sure appears that they're money laundering. Now, the lack of investigation into the Biden family is going to be the political pushback that you're going to get from the Trump camp and that you should get from the Trump camp, which is, again, Donald Trump, when it comes to this indictment on mishandling of classified information on charges of obstruction of justice and all of the rest, what he has to prove in a criminal court, which we'll get to in a little while in order to preserve a defense in order to actually succeed in his defense. That's a different thing from what he has to do in the public eye in order to push forward electorally. And the push forward electorally is actually fairly easy here. And that is, they're out to get me. They've been out to get me since day one. If they actually cared about this sort of stuff, they would have gone after Hillary and they would currently be going after Joe Biden. And by the way, Representative Comer also has now issued a subpoena for former Hunter Biden business partner Devon Archer for deposition this week. We have not heard back from Archer's attorney. And of course, it is Devon Archer who is helping facilitate a lot of the deals that Hunter Biden was making abroad. Basically, he was the handler for Hunter Biden because Devon Archer was not nearly as much of a crack addict, apparently, as Hunter. And so he was kind of squaring him around to pick up these bags of cash while using the big guy's name. That would be Joe Biden's name. Okay, in just one second, we'll get to the other myriad absurdities plaguing the Biden administration as Donald Trump prepares to head to a Miami courthouse for his arraignment first. 
It takes a special kind of company to want to partner with the show, like a company that is not afraid of the controversies engendered by the show, not afraid of shows that actually speak the truth. Pure Talk is a company like that. This is why I'm proud to stand with Pure Talk, because they make it possible for me to get up here and bring you facts, logic, and truth every single day. Pure Talk shares my values as well as the values of Matt Walsh, Michael Moles, Candace Owens, and the rest of the Daily Wire hosts. This is why we made them the official wireless partner of the Daily Wire. But that's not the only reason. We check the coverage, and it is indeed premium. Pure Talk is the most dependable 5G network in the United States. I use it myself. Mix and match your plans to fit every person in your family. Choose from text, talk, and 5G data for just 20 bucks a month, all the way up to unlimited data with mobile hotspot for 55 bucks a month. Remember, you vote with how you spend your money, so why would you give your money to a company that hates your guts? Instead, why don't you spend your money on a company that will give you amazing coverage? I know because I have Pure Talk coverage on my own phone, and they don't hate your guts. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage. That is puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Pure Talk is wireless for Americans by Americans. Go check them out right now. Pure Talk dot com slash Shapiro to save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage. Okay, speaking of myriad absurdities in the White House, again, the White House has a very simple reelect effort here. That is, keep the focus on Trump. If the focus ever goes back to Joe Biden, he's in serious trouble. This is the rule of elections, and this is something both Republicans and Democrats should keep in mind. I think Democrats understand this, which is why they want Trump top of the headlines. The more people are discussing Donald Trump, the less they are discussing Joe Biden being very bad at his job, the less they are discussing Joe Biden's corruption. It's all a giant misdirect. And the thing about Trump is that Trump really likes talking about Trump. So he's happy to talk about Trump all day long. But the problem is that was his actual electoral strategy in 2020, and it didn't work out particularly well. So do you want to talk about Biden or do you want to talk about Trump? We should be talking about Biden since he's the actual president of the United States, not a former president who is currently running for president of the United States. But all the talk is about Trump because the media loves that storyline and Joe Biden is really boring. But while Joe Biden is being boring, his policy is not boring at all. See, the thing about the Biden administration is that He puts you to sleep because he is a doddering old fool and feels unthreatening because he is a doddering old fool. But his agenda is actually extraordinarily threatening. So like the core values of the United States, I'm not even talking here about the sillinesses of Corrine Jean-Pierre, who apparently violated the Hatch Act because she kept talking about mega MAGA Republicans in the run-up to the 2022 midterms, according to the Office of Special Counsel. According to NBC News, that Office of Special Counsel has now determined that she violated the Hatch Act. Now, they, they decided to close the matter without further action, of course, of course, because this is the way that it works. If you are a Democrat and you violate the Hatch Act, nothing happens to you. The Hatch Act in and of itself is a ridiculous piece of legislation. But you know there are little things like that, but then there are much bigger things. Okay, so there is a, a video that has now emerged from Pride Day at the White House. Okay, this is one of the sickest things I have ever seen, probably the sickest thing I've ever seen at the White House itself. Okay, so the White House is the people's house, right? This is, this is a house where Abraham Lincoln sat Okay, this is the White House is the place where presidents of the United States are supposed to behave in honorable fashion. It is not a place that is supposed to be the home of disgrace. Now, it's been disgraced before, obviously, whether it is um, Bill Clinton in the Oval Office uh, or whether it is members of, of Barack Obama's fan club smoking pot in the White House. Right. That was an actual thing that happened when he invited a bunch of celebrities and they bragged about smoking pot in the White House. This, however, is the most horrifying thing. I think I have seen at the White House. I don't think I know that I've seen at the White House because this was done in full public view. Okay, Bill Clinton at least had the he had the tact to um, receive oral sex from Monica Lewinsky inside an office with a closed door. This was just happening on the White House lawn, because when you say when, when the left says pride, what they want you to think of is a monogamous, happily married couple of gay men or a couple of gay women or something. And then what they actually mean by pride is this stuff. So the person you're about to see is Rose Montoya. Okay, Rose Montoya 
was among hundreds, according to Newsweek, welcomed by President Joe Biden on Saturday for a celebration on the South Lawn, described by the administration as the largest pride event ever hosted at the White House. And as we described on the on the show yesterday, this administration decided to hang the pride progress flag, a giant pride progress flag directly from the rotunda, the front facing rotunda of the White House facing out to the lawn, demonstrating that the new national religion of the United States, which is woke pride progress, gender ideology crap. That's the new religion of the United States, and you must bow before it because there must be winners and there must be losers. Well, one of the new advocates for this religion is this person, Rose Montoya. Rose Montoya put up a TikTok video saying, quote, I had the honor of attending White House Pride, the largest one in history, where the pride flag flew for the first time. This is trans joy. We're here at the White House, unapologetically trans, queer, and brown. Okay, so for those who have no clue who Rose Montoya was, and again, I had no idea who Rose Montoya was, Rose Montoya is a man. Rose Montoya is a man who's had multiple surgeries, breast replacement surgery, jaw surgery, shaving down the, the, the Adam's apple, all the rest of it. And um, here is Rose Montoya meeting the president of the United States and then jiggling his constructed breasts on the White House lawn, bare, bare chested. Next to, by the way, a trans man, meaning a biological woman who has had her breast tissue removed. All of this on the White House lawn, on the White House lawn. You paid for this, folks. These are your, your taxpayer dollars at work right here. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. It is an honor of France rights of human rights. Oh, it's okay. There's Joe Biden. They're doing selfies with this, with this dude. Rose Montoya dancing. Pretending to be a woman. And here is the, the TikTok continues. Rose Montoya posing with all of uh, his friends. And there is Rose Montoya, shirt down, jiggling his uh, fake breasts. Hands over nipples, jiggling his fake breasts. Next to, again, trans men who are women who have cut out their breast tissue. Joe Biden said these are the most brave and inspiring people he has ever known. Ever. This is, this is apparently what pride looks like. This is what pride looks like. Genius stuff here. Montoya then posted a video responding to the outrage, quote, it has recently come to my attention that conservatives are trying to use the video of me topless at the White House to try to call the community groomers, etc. I would just like to say, first of all, going topless in Washington, D.C. is legal. I fully support the movement in freeing the nipple, because why is my chest now deemed inappropriate or illegal when I show out, when I showed off? However, before coming out as trans, it was not. Oh, I don't know what, why what looks like female breasts is different than the male chest. If, if you didn't believe that, by the way, Rose Montoya, then you wouldn't have gotten a fake boob job. Would you? If the female looking breast was exactly the same as a male chest, then you wouldn't have bothered to get a very expensive and painful surgery, I assume. All you're doing is affirming that I'm a woman, says Rose Montoya. All you're doing is saying that trans women are women because for some re reason, people like to sexualize women's bodies and say they are inappropriate. My trans masculine friends are showing up their top surgery scars and living in joy. I wanted to join them. And because it is perfectly within the law in Washington, D.C., I decided to join them and cover my nipples just to play it safe because I wanted to be fully free and myself, fully free and myself. Ah, the, the siren song of the new morality, fully free and myself, meaning I have to carve my body up and then bare my chest at the White House. That, that's what America's really all. It's what the founders fought for. John Adams, George Washington, they were sitting around. They're like, let's we need to revolt against King George III because the reality is we need men who believe they are women to be able to carve up their chest and then show their tits. On, on the White House lawn for TikTok. Super important that the fighting men and women of the American military over the course of the centuries do this for the pride progress flag. Very important.
This is Joe Biden's administration. This is Joe Biden's administration right here. So, of course, they want to admit that they want all the attention on Donald Trump. Why wouldn't they want the attention on Donald Trump? You got a, a borderline senile president who's presiding over a stagnating economy, who's promoting the most radical gender ideological nonsense in the history of the United States. Of course, he wants his attention on, on Donald Trump. Is that a shock? And meanwhile, the FBI is basically looking the other way on Hunter Biden and company and Joe, apparently. We'll get to more on this in just a second. First, not getting a lot of sleep these days. That's, that's what it means to be uh, a new father again for the fourth time. My little son, very cute, not great at the sleeping. Well, that means that when I put my head on my mattress at night, I have to go to sleep like right away because if, I, if it takes me like an hour to fall asleep, I will get no sleep that night. Well, Helix is what makes that all possible. Everybody knows I love my Helix mattress. Did you know they just launched their newest, most high-end collection, Helix Elite? Helix has harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. I've had my Helix mattress for years at this point. Nervous about buying a mattress online? You don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress because why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. They have a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not aware that has ever happened. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. It's the best offer yet. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Folks, what does everyone do when shopping online? Well, you jump to the reviews and you see what customers actually think. Well, Bull & Branch did the hard work for you. In a recent customer survey, 96% said Bull & Branch sheets get softer with every single wash. Bull & Branch sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on planet Earth. Buttery to the touch, super breathable. Bull & Branch sheets are perfect for both cooler and warmer months. Their luxurious signature hem sheets were made without pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They really do get softer with every single wash. Best of all, Bull & Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're not going to want to return them. We love our Bull & Branch product. In fact, when I'm on the road, I actually travel with their cable knit throw blanket. It is that good. Their product is just awesome. After a long day, nothing feels better than a restful night's sleep in the softest, most luxurious sheets. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bull & Branch. Get 15% off your very first order when you use code BEN at bullandbranch.com. That's Bull & Branch, spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code BEN. Exclusions apply. See site for details, bullandbranch.com. Okay, so you may be wondering, who are the kinds of people who are standing behind the Biden administration? Well, as it turns out, one of those people is not George Soros, but his son, Alexander Soros. So remember, supposedly is anti-Semitic to talk about how George Soros is a nefarious force in American politics, which he is. He funds defund the police prosecutors all over the United States. He funds wildly anti-Israel causes all over planet Earth and then hides behind his Jewish ethnicity in order to shield himself from criticism, which is quite disgusting. As an Orthodox Jew, it is... Let me just say right here, right now, it is not anti-Semitic to call out George Soros and his garbage spending is bad for the country and bad for the world. His political bona fides are very bad. Well, now he's handing over his fund, his money to his 37-year-old son, Alexander Soros, a self-described center-left thinker who grew up self-conscious of the family's wealth and wasn't thought to be a potential successor. He said that he is broadening his father's liberal aims, according to the Wall Street Journal. He said, I'm more political compared to George. He recently met with Biden administration officials, including Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. He also met with Brazil's president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, who is in an increasingly fascistic fashion going after political opposition and rigging the system over there, as well as Canada's prime minister, Justin Trudeau, who is definitely, definitely not Fidel Castro's son. The Soros nonprofit, nonprofit Open Society Foundation, known as OSF, directs $1.5 billion a year 
to groups such as those backing human rights around the world and helping build democracy. Well, that is a euphemism in the United States at the very, very least. Alex said he was concerned about the prospect of Donald Trump's return to the White House, suggesting a significant financial role for the Soros organization in the 2024 presidential race. Remember, it's anti-Semitic to mention George Soros and Alex Soros spending hundreds of millions of dollars to try to defeat Republicans, but they're allowed to do it. As much as I would love to get money out of politics, as long as the other side is doing it, we have to do it too. He said, well, he doesn't want to get money out of politics, then he'd be irrelevant. No one would ever heard of Alex Soros if it weren't for money in politics. He'd just be another 37-year-old dweeb living off dad's money. In contrast with some on the left, Alex believes that speech on college campuses and elsewhere has become too restricted. But he does meet apparently on the regular with the White House. He's visited the White House multiple times. He was not expected to be the person who took over the family from that was supposed to be his older brother, Jonathan. But, um, you know, apparently he was politically aligned with daddy. And so he gets control of the money. According to the New York Post, VP Harris has been huddling with Alex Soros. Harris, gre- Harris greeted Open Society Foundation's chair Alexander Soros shortly after flying back to Washington from Philadelphia just last week, where she held an event with the Service Employees International Union. At that point, Alexander Soros treated great to catch up with Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. The vice president did not acknowledge the sit-down on her public schedule. But he's made a dozen other visits to the White House, according to official visitor logs, including to attend a swanky state dinner for French President Emmanuel Macron late last year. He also contributed almost $750,000 to the Biden Victory Fund in 2020, and he's put another $11 million in the pockets of left-wing PACs since 2010. His father, George, donated $125 million to Democratic groups and candidates in the 2022 cycle through his democracy PAC. So these are the people who the Republicans are going to have to go up against. The George Soros-funded far-left crowd who thinks that the height of human bravery is a man gallivanting around dressed up as a woman with surgeries to prove it, jiggling his bare breasts on the White House lawn in the name of sexual fluidity and individual freedom. That's what the Republicans have to go up against. So naturally, the Democrats would prefer that you put your focus on Donald Trump which is why all the focus in the media today will be on the former president of the United States showing up in court. We'll get to that in just one second. First, Congress once again allowed itself this year to be pushed into appeasing the Biden administration. They raised the debt ceiling again. Now, again, you can argue as to whether the debt ceiling should have gone up, should not, go, should not have gone, unless they handle the actual underlying entitlement issues in the United States. We're just going to continue spending, which seems to be the plan. And this means that eventually you are going to have devaluation of the dollar. As our national debt continues to skyrocket, how are you protecting your savings? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. You can do that with the help of Birch Gold. They're the people that I trust for my gold investments. So do thousands of other concerned savers. As Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa band together against the dollar, more and more central banks are actually diversifying away from the dollar and they're investing in gold as the alternative. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. There's no obligation, just information. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Take action today. Text Ben to 989898 to get started again. Text Ben to 989898. Birch Gold, they're the people that I trust with my own gold investment. And if you're looking to diversify, it's smart to have at least part of your portfolio in precious metals. Talk to Birch Gold by texting Ben to 989898 today. It's more on this in just one moment. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. For starters, ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. 
ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past. They can sometimes slow your connection, but ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN, really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben, expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. Okay, so meanwhile, and the, the biggest news of the day in the media will not be Joe Biden or his agenda or anything else. It'll be Donald Trump heading to court. So according to Politico, at about 3 p.m. today, Trump is going to be heading to a federal courthouse in Miami on Tuesday. Before departing for Florida, the former president spent Monday morning at his clubhouse in New Jersey, where he spoke with aides and met with a congressional ally. Trump and his team of advisors and attorneys plan to spend Monday night at his golf resort in Miami. That's a Doral, apparently preparing for his court appearance and trying to bolster his legal team. It is unclear at this point, by the way, who exactly his lawyers are because he just switched over a bunch of his legal team. Politico Playbook actually has a, a pretty good rundown on what Trump's defense could theoretically look like. They say, this would be Ryan Lizza, Rachel Bade, and Eugene Daniels reporting. They say that uh, it's unclear who exactly is going to be representing Trump at this point. Trump has been scrambling to identify a seasoned Florida trial lawyer willing to take the case. Trump attorneys Todd Blanche and Chris Kyes, who are leading that search, are likely to appear today in court. So what exactly will the defense look like? They, they, they talked to a guy named Timothy Parlatore, who left the Trump team last month. And Parlatore made a sort of compelling case as to exactly how Trump could defend himself. He said, there are a few things that Trump is going to do. One, he's going to pursue aggressive discovery. So whenever you have an indictment like this that's spilled into public view, you now need full discovery from the prosecution, right? You need every document that they've looked at is now the defense is entitled to it. So the defense has to look at all of that stuff and see exactly what the alternative explanations for Trump's behavior could be. They're also going to look at the possibility of prosecutorial misconduct. So you remember just a few days ago, Donald Trump went on Truth Social and he alleged that the Justice Department's counterintelligence chief, Jay Bratt, had pressured Trump's co-defendant, Walt Nauda, that is the aide that Trump was directing to move boxes around, allegedly. Trump alleges that Jay Bratt pressured Walt Nauda during an interview by mentioning that Nauda's attorney, Stanley Woodward, was applying for a presidentially nominated D.C. Superior Court judgeship. So what they're going to try and say is that it's witness tampering, that basically Nauda was in the room with his attorney, that the DOJ said to his attorney, listen, you're up for a D.C. Court judgeship. You know, you need your guy to talk here which, of course, would be illegal. You're not allowed to pressure a client by pressuring the attorney with the threat of essentially excommunication from a judicial seat. They're also going to attack the search warrant. Parlatore said he'd go after the legitimacy of that search warrant. The Trump team will finally have access to the unredacted version of the search warrant, which, again, we're going to have to see what the grounds were for the, for the search warrant in the first place. Remember, what the search turned up were a lot of the confidential documents that, that Trump had already testified, his lawyers had already testified, that he didn't have. But you have to have good grounds for the search warrant. It can't just be, we feel like writing up a search warrant. We've seen that happen before. Right? We saw a FISA warrant that was taken out against Carter Page on the basis of absolutely nothing. It was essentially illegal. So it would not be a shock if the, the grounds for the search warrant were bad. Also, the defense is going to try to exclude notes that were taken by Trump's lawyer, Evan Corcoran. So a lot of the indictment is rooted in the allegations of Evan Corcoran, who's Trump's lawyer, right? That was stuff like Trump saying, what would happen if the documents just disappeared? What would happen if we destroyed the document? Now, Trump can make the case even then that that is attorney-client privilege. So basically, the government made the case that Corcoran had to turn over those notes because here's the deal. You're not allowed to conspire with your lawyer to commit a crime, right? Attorney-client privilege applies to virtually everything. Like you can tell that your lawyer that you have committed a crime in preparing your defense, but you can't say to your lawyer, 
I'm about to commit a murder tomorrow. Can you help me like preemptively with how I should handle this? Right, that is now you attempting to facilitate a, a crime with your lawyer and attorney-client privilege does not cover that. And so if you're planning a crime with the lawyer or asking the lawyer to help you plan a crime, attorney-client privilege does not cover that because there is a, a criminal exception to the law. It's called the crime fraud exception. So the prosecution is arguing that essentially Trump in asking, can I get rid of the documents? What happens if they're just destroyed? That that violates the crime fraud exception. Presumably Trump's lawyers will try to argue that's not right. Quote, how can someone be charged with criminal counts for simply asking questions of their lawyer during what they believed was a privileged conversation? It shouldn't have been a crime fraud exception. Once it was, it shouldn't have been the evidence for a charge, said Parlatory. It's insane. So making the case that you know, when, when you ask your lawyer, like, is it legal for me to do X or is it legal for me to do Y? Or what would the consequences be if I did X or Y? That's not the same thing as planning the actual crime. That seems like a pretty good defense, actually. Parlatori also alleges a pattern of misconduct he says he witnessed inside the grand jury, where prosecutors repeatedly asked about privileged attorney-client communications, then argued to jurors that invoking the privilege was evidence of guilt. That, of course, would justify a motion that the entire grand jury process was flawed because you're not allowed to use failure to testify against yourself or failure to to break privilege as guilt, right? If, if, if I grill you and you say, listen, that's privileged, I don't have to talk about that. That's not evidence that criminal activity has taken place. Parlatori says basically the goal is to attack the conduct of the entire investigation and show through death by a thousand cuts why this entire investigation is irreparably tainted by government misconduct. The case should be dismissed or at a minimum, the prosecutor should be disqualified. Now, that really is not a, a question for the jury. All of these are gonna be questions for the judge. So it'll be fascinating to see which of these motions actually succeed, right? These are motions to exclude. That does not change what the jury is going to hear. So that's what Trump's defense presumably is going to be. That at least is his, his actual legal defense. His political defense, as I've said, is going to be, listen, there's an obvious double standard here. And that political defense is obviously true, right? This is why Trump's poll numbers have not collapsed in the wake of all of this. The reason that Trump's poll numbers have not collapsed, despite the fact, you know, aside from the fact that a lot of Republicans are very loyal to him on a personal level because they believe that he pulled out a miracle in beating Hillary Clinton, the other reason is because virtually all Republicans agree, even if you think that, that Trump never should have done what he did here, even if you look at the conduct and you're like, this looks like criminal conduct to me, even if you think all of that, you can still think, as I do, that this is a full-on double standard. And you can see it in the, the, the end-ending hypocrisy of Democrats who have obviously committed crimes, actually going around on MSNBC and CNN, the galling nature of these people going around claiming that Donald Trump needs to be indicted for a crime while they themselves have committed pretty obvious crimes, it's pretty insane. So, for example, John Brennan, who is the former director of the CIA. Right? If you go all the way back to 2014, he openly lied to Congress. I mean, openly lied to Congress. And everybody knew that he lied to Congress at the time. And yet here he was yesterday talking about how Trump was a threat to national security. And now he's been charged under the Espionage Act. Is Donald Trump a national security threat right now? And if he is, I think I know what you're going to say. Why isn't that, you know, now a verb and a threat? Everything that all of his opponents for the White House are saying today. Uh, he is definitely a threat, major dangers in our national security. He has been, I think, for many years and will continue to be, which is why I just find it so, so disheartening and and. It makes me angry when I hear people like Lindsey Graham make excuses and apologies for Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, that's that's amazing because John Brennan is a person who literally lied to the Senate. You'll recall all the way back in 2014 that he suggested that the CIA had not improperly spied on U.S. Senate staffers. And that was a lie. It was not true. 
As it turns out, Brendan was actually forced to apologize privately to the Intelligence Committee chairs. Now, if he had not been a member of the Democratic administration at the time, he certainly would have been brought up on some sort of, of contempt charges by the Senate of the United States. They didn't do it, presumably because he was a Democrat and part of the administration, which is, again, the rule. This is the double standard. If you're John Brennan, you get away with everything, and you're on MSNBC talking about the importance of rule of law. Here was John Brennan in 2014 lying. This is at the Council on Foreign Relations. As far as the allegations of, you know, CIA hacking into, you know, Senate computers, nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, we wouldn't do that. I mean, that's, that's, that's just beyond the, the uh, you know, the scope of, of reason in terms well, of what we she would do. Says- okay, so he is a, as The Guardian said back in 2014, the nation stops by is in fact a proficient and skilled liar. As Obama's top counterterrorism advisor for his entire first term in the White House, Brendan built, oversaw, executed, and ex- excused America's robotic assassination program. Intelligence documents leaked to McClatchy confirmed that Brennan was lying about all of that for literally years on end. And yet John Brennan is walking around free as a bird and talking about the importance of the rule of law. Now, this sort of stuff is incredibly galling. It's not just him, right? Andy McCabe, Andrew McCabe, he's former member of the FBI. You'll recall that Andrew McCabe actually was fired from the FBI for violation of leaking. He joined the FBI in 1996. And then in 2021, he had to settle with the DOJ, a wrongful termination suit that he filed in 2019. He was fired in March of 2018, 26 hours before his scheduled retirement, because McCabe, as it turns out, leaked information to the Wall Street Journal about an investigation into the Clinton Foundation and then misled agents who questioned about it on four occasions, three of which were under oath. That was according to Attorney General Jeff Sessions. So basically, in order to show that James Comey's FBI was on the up and up, he was leaking information without authorization to the press. He then claimed, of course, that Comey had allowed him to leak that information. Then in 2020, the Justice Department, shocker, announced that they were not going to prosecute McCabe. So this is a person who leaked information to the press, right? which is one of the allegations against Trump, is that Trump was saying classified information leaking to the press. McCabe leaked an investigation to the press. He ended up being fired for it before he could retire. He ended up embroiled in a lawsuit. And then here he was defending Hillary Clinton on national television yesterday. Let's talk about the Hillary Clinton case, because sure. that was a, a, a serious breach of, of protocol. And uh, she was criticized by the FBI director at the time That's for being, right. I think he used the word reckless. I might be wrong. Um, but what is the difference? There are huge differences here, Jake. And unlike what you've heard from uh, Congressman McCarthy and Biggs, our system is not based on, you know, we don't play by organized crime rules. It's not you take out one of my guys, I take out one of your guys. It's all equal. Every one of these cases is analyzed based on the evidence, the evidence that you've been able to uncover during the course of the investigation. In the Clinton case, eight top secret documents, 37 secret, do- uh, not documents, content that mm-hmm. was that was judged to be at that level and 10 at the confidential level. Important to note that none of that was actual documents bearing headers and footers and classified stamps and portion markings and all the sorts of things you expect to see. Okay, so he's now defending Hillary Clinton. So Hillary Clinton, who absolutely criminally was hiding information and obstructing it and had it, by the way, not stored on like hard copies in a bathroom like Donald Trump, actually had it stored on a server that James Comey admitted in his failure to indict. He admitted that Hillary was likely exposed to hack by foreign sources. So it's very likely that information ended up in the hands of nefarious foreign sources, Andy McCabe, who himself leaked information to the press and was fired for it. He's now on national TV talking about the evils of Donald Trump. This is the sort of stuff that, politically speaking, is good for Trump, at least in a primary. Now, in a general election, I don't think it's going to help him very much because, again, everybody knows about all this stuff going in. All this is baked into the cake already. People think of Trump what they think of Trump. However, 
You want to know why Republicans are rushing to Trump's defense? It's because of the double standard. It's not even because of the behavior. It's because of the double standard. That double standard is so obvious. And it's also driven by the fact that the media are obviously just salivating over this. The media have been wanting Trump in jail since day one. Anna Navarro over at The View, again, politics for dumb people. She says she hasn't had this much fun reading anything. This, she's talking about the indictment here. Since Fifty Shades of Grey. So first of all, that shows you something about her sexual and literary taste. And it also shows you something about her IQ. This man is so unfit and any Republican candidate who is not jumping at this opportunity to say, hey, he is unfit for office. Yeah. I'm the future. They're not running serious. Well, look, a, a few things. Um, number one, I haven't had this much fun reading anything since I read Fifty Shades of Grey. Right? Wasn't it? I mean, this was the best reading so you can uh, imagine. Mm. That's that's delightful. Well, you wonder why Republicans respond the way they do. This is the reason. Well, turnabout will be fair play. If the idea here is that Hillary does not get prosecuted, McCabe does not get prosecuted, John Brennan does not get prosecuted, none of these people get prosecuted, but Donald Trump does get prosecuted, eventually the worm is going to turn. Things We have now broken the glass. Donald Trump showing up in court today means the glass has been broken. So prepare for political opposition to be prosecuted from here for the rest of American history. This is where we now have gone. This is really dangerous stuff. Even if you believe the allegations against Trump, it is very, very dangerous to prosecute him under these circumstances for the future of the United States because once you have a double standard, that double standard will not stand. There will be a single standard. And if the single standard is you prosecute your political opposition, that will be the standard. We'll get to more on this in a moment. First, picture that perfect summer night. The kids aren't actually bugging me for a change. The dog is behaving. The family's over for a barbecue. It's beautiful outside. The grill should be sizzling with its delicious smells and foods, but the propane tank is empty. Ah, Tragedy strikes. Well, this is where our friends at Cinch come in. Cinch is a propane grill tank home delivery service. They deliver propane tanks directly to your door on your schedule. They don't require any long-term commitment or subscription. Plus, delivery is completely contactless. You don't have to wait around at home. Track the order on the Cinch app from anywhere. The perfect summer night would not be complete without Cinch. Go to cinch.com or download that Cinch app. Use promo code Shapiro to get your first tank exchange for just 10 bucks. That is C-Y-N-C-H.com. Promo code Shapiro. I got to tell you, there's nothing more irritating than you're about to get started on the barbecue and you look in that propane tank and it is empty. Cinch can fix all that for you. It's a limited time offer. You have to live within a Cinch service area to redeem it. Visit cinch.com slash offer for details. Again, that's C-Y-N-C-H dot com. Promo code Shapiro. Go check them out right now. C-Y-N-C-H dot com. Promo code Shapiro to get that first tank exchange for just 10 bucks. Also, Despite the lackluster economy, the Daily Wire continues to grow and thrive. We are hiring right now. We're currently looking for a motion designer to join our fast-growing creative department. You're going to work alongside designers and video editors with direction from the director of video advertising and make animations for trailers, promos, brand ads. The motion designer will take great art and make it excellent by adding movement. You're going to need to be able to take input and direction from supervisors. you got to thrive on receiving creative and constructive feedback. you got to work fast. Bonus points for experience working in 2D, 3D, and or cinema 4D and illustration. That position is based in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information and to apply, visit dailywire.com slash careers. That's dailywire.com slash careers today. Okay, meanwhile, well, if turnabout is fair play and the way that American politics from here on in is going to work, then what this means is that the Biden family better prepare that the minute they're out of power, whether that is in January of 2025 or whether that is in January of 2029, there will be prosecutions coming for them. It's just going to happen. Donald Trump basically vowed as much yesterday. You were worried about the weaponization of the Justice Department under Donald Trump, it didn't happen. Remember that Donald Trump did not prosecute Hillary Clinton even after taking office under the assumption that the that you don't go after your chief political opposition. Right? It's just not a thing that you typically do. Joe Biden has had no problem having Merrick Garland do it. Now, again, 
I think this is about Merrick Garland and Joe Biden. Biden. A lot of people are on Jack Smith, the special counsel in this case. If you're Jack Smith and your literal job is you just look at the facts on the ground in Donald Trump's classified documents case and you just look at the, that fact pattern, it's very hard to see how Jack Smith could have said, it doesn't look like a crime to me, we're done. That's not Jack Smith's call. Jack Smith recommends the charges. Then it's up to Merrick Garland and Joe Biden to take into consideration the actual political ramifications for the country should they decide to go forward with the prosecution of Donald Trump. So blaming it on Jack Smith is wrong. Smith is doing his job. It is Merrick Garland, the AG, and Joe Biden who are not doing their jobs in protecting the country from the ramifications of weaponizing law enforcement only for one side. Right? Again, the, the basic rule of authoritarianism is for my friends, anything, for my enemies, the law. And that's essentially what we have right now. This is Donald Trump, predictably enough, went on Truth Social and he said, now that the seal is broken, in addition to closing the border and removing all of the criminal elements that have illegally invaded our country, making America energy independent and even dominant again, and immediately ending the war between Russia and Ukraine, I will appoint a real special prosecutor to go after the most corrupt president in the history of the United States, Joe Biden, the entire Biden crime family, and all others involved with the destruction of our elections, borders, and country itself. So you, the, the Democrats have now manifested the form of their destroyer. Remember, they said back in 2015, this is what Trump was going to do. Trump would be elected. He would immediately appoint to head the DOJ, a lackey who's going to go after all of his political opponents and jail them. And then they proceeded to elect Joe Biden. And uh, guess what? Everybody under the sun is now attacking and attempting to prosecute and put in jail Donald Trump. And so Trump, predictably enough, is like, OK, fine, you want to do it? I'll do it, too. And this will be the game from here on out. When the Justice Department gets reduced to pure politics, you got a problem. Now, I hear people screaming, all right, well, but you just said that Trump may have committed criminal activity here. The allegations against him are very strong. That's true. The only way that you actually restore the credibility of the justice system is to have Republicans prosecute Republicans and Democrats prosecute Democrats. Because the minute that this now crosses the aisle, we become so politically polarized and partisan that if the basic line here is that Republicans are just supposed to accept that Republicans who are guilty of crimes get indicted and Democrats who are guilty of crimes get slots on CNN and MSNBC, that is not a workable solution for anyone. In order to reestablish credibility, when credibility has been lost, when an institution has lost its credibility, everybody has to do something painful. Everybody has to do something. Everybody has to make a sacrifice. The sacrifice in this particular case would be Joe Biden looking at this and saying, listen, I think that he probably committed the crime. But guess what? I'm not going to prosecute him because we believe that Hillary Clinton should have been prosecuted. Or at the very least, you could. I mean, this would have been an easy call, by the way. The DOJ could have said, at the same time they were doing this, politically speaking, Merrick Garland could have said, we're also bringing charges against Hunter, right? That would have shielded, because Hunter is clearly guilty of a bevy of crimes up to and including violation of gun law. So that could have happened. They didn't do that either. Again, the double standard is what's going to destroy the credibility of the institution. The only way to restore the credibility of the institution is even-handed application of justice against your own side, not when it looks politically valuable to go after your chief political opposition. And that's why this thing is going to remain incredibly polarized. Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, he actually made this point with regard to Andrew McCabe. We mentioned McCabe before. McCabe was an assistant director over at the FBI, and he was spilling classified information, apparently, to the Wall Street Journal. Nothing ever happened of it. He got fired, and then he settled the lawsuit with the DOJ, no prosecution. Here was McCarthy going after CNN because CNN has now hired McCabe as a commentator on this case. The former president is accused of misleading law enforcement, of a conspiracy of obstructing justice, that's a different set of facts. Are you prepared to defend him as the former president? And what other actions will the House take in the House Judiciary Committee in terms of funding? 
Are you prepared to defend your, your network, CNN, that I'm handed, you a I'm, a, I'm answering your question. You could ask me any question you want, but I'm entitled to answer the question, okay? You can't put words in my mouth. Even though your network can hire Andrew McCabe, who was fired from the FBI for leaking classified documents. Did you remove him from your network? No, you continue to put him on to give judgment against President Trump. Again, that he's right about that. That that media double standard, the fact that if you commit a crime and you are a if you're if you're James Comey and you're horrible at your job, and you're the person who basically destroyed all faith in the justice system in the United States, you get just treated as national hero by the left. And meanwhile, Republican candidates are trying to figure out exactly how to handle the Donald Trump situation. Most of the Republican candidates seem to be coming down on the same side of this, which is it is a double standard. And also these are serious allegations, which, by the way, is true. All of that happens to be true. Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, he says this is a serious case with serious allegations. What we see today across this nation under Joe Biden's leadership is a double standard. That double standard is both un-American and unacceptable. You can't protect Democrats while targeting and hunting Republicans. This case is a serious case with serious allegations. But in America, you're still innocent until proven guilty. Senator Scott, obviously read about that. Nikki Haley taking a very similar line, another candidate for the presidency. ...about how they should look at this. Two things can be true at the same time. One, the DOJ and FBI have lost all credibility with the American people. And getting rid of just senior management isn't going to be enough to fix this. This is going to take a complete overhaul, and we have to do that. Two, the second thing can also be true. If this indictment is true, if what it says is actually the case, President Trump was incredibly reckless with our national security. More than that, I'm a military spouse. My husband's about to deploy this weekend. This puts all of our military men and women in danger. If you are going to talk about what our military is capable of or how we would go about invading or doing something with one of our enemies. And if that's the case, it's in, it's reckless. It's frustrating and um, it causes problems. All of that is true. Okay, all that's true. Trump's behavior in this case was reckless, not just reckless with regard to America's national security. But as I said yesterday, you know you're in the crosshairs. What are you doing? What are you doing? But that does not change the fact that the double standard is, in fact, a massive double standard. Okay, time for some things that I like and some things that I hate today. So a couple of things that I like. Well, I have to say, Johns Hopkins has really outdone itself today. Johns Hopkins has put out a statement on diversity and inclusion that actually has a glossary for various terminology with regard to the LGBTQIA plus minus divided by sign to spirit. I, I, I'm running out of symbols. Community. It's not even community. It's a bunch of splinter groups. Anyway, they have a they have a glossary. Their definition of the word lesbian is fascinating. Fascinating and hilarious. Here is their definition of the word lesbian. You ready? A non-man attracted to non-men. That is a lesbian, is a non-man attracted to non-men. So the word man does not require a definition, but we can't define the word woman. We literally have gone all the way on Matt Walsh's what is a woman. There is no definition. There's no definition of the word woman. It's just a non-man, a non-man attracted to non-men. Quote, while past definitions refer to lesbian as a woman who's emotionally, romantically, and or sexually attracted to other women, this updated definition includes non-binary people who may also identify with the label. 
So if you are a lesbian, you are now a non-man attracted to non-men, which is great because that includes squirrels. Squirrels are now lesbians because they're non-men attracted to non-men. Zebras are now lesbians. In fact, the entire animal kingdom is, is now lesbian, apparently. Toucans, they are non-men attracted to non-men. Slow clap for the geniuses over at Johns Hopkins University, one of the foremost medical institutions in America. Yeah, uh, they, we, we may have lost the thread in this country a little bit. I, I do love it, though. I mean, like, really, just, just say the quiet part out loud. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about anymore. You're just making crazy things up. Good stuff there. Meanwhile, J.P. Morgan is now having to shell out $290 million to Jeffrey Epstein's victims, according to CNN. Apparently, they're doing this to settle a class action lawsuit from Epstein's sexual abuse victims, according to David Boyce, who's one of the victim's attorneys, a big Democratic attorney also. The victims had accused the bank of enabling sex trafficking by the deceased financier when he was a client. A joint statement from the nation's largest bank and attorneys for the victims said, quote, they have informed the court they've reached an agreement in principle to settle the putative class action lawsuit related to Jeffrey Epstein's crimes. Now, to be fair, J.P. Morgan Chase is worth like trillions of dollars. So a $290 million settlement sounds like a lot of money to regular folk, but it actually is not all that much money. The agreement is subject to court approval. Under terms of the settlement, J.P. Morgan Chase will not admit liability in the case. But upon the settlement's approval, the bank will put out a statement regretting its association with Epstein. It's not clear exactly how many people are going to benefit. Apparently, there are more than 100 women who are expected to seek compensation. So what exactly did um, J.P. Morgan do? Well, they also have litigation pending between J.P. Morgan and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Essentially, the allegation is that J.P. Morgan Chase was informed over and over and over again that Jeffrey Epstein was, was using its bank accounts in order to facilitate his sex crimes. That's, that's the basic allegation, is that they, there are a bunch of red flags and they just failed to recognize the, the red flags. The lawsuit claimed that J.P. Morgan ignored, according to the New York Times, repeated warnings that Epstein had been trafficking teenage girls and young women for sex, even after he registered as a sex offender and pled guilty in a 2008 Florida case to soliciting prostitution from a teenage girl. The complaint said that the bank overlooked red flags in Epstein's activity because it valued him as a wealthy client who had access to dozens of even wealthier people. So basically, the idea was that he was a go-between for future J.P. Morgan clients. And so they started looking the other way at major transfers of funds coming out of Epstein's bank account that were being used to facilitate sex trafficking. Court documents and deposition testimony reviewed by the New York Times revealed that bank employees had filed numerous suspicious activity reports about Epstein's repeated large cash withdrawals. The legal documents revealed that after designating Epstein a high-risk client in 2006, the bank kept him on as a customer despite all of those media reports. And they continued to provide banking services to him all the way up until 2013. So what did they know and when did they know it? Totally unclear. You know, all of this, the, the secrets in the Epstein case still have not dropped. And who, what's the full list of people who are visiting Epstein Island? How did that dude make all of his money? Who's facilitating all this? We know that he was blackmailing people, right? I mean, that's pretty clear at this point, that he had tapes of everybody, that he was essentially bringing people there, blackmailing them, and then using the money in order to treat famous people to trips to his island where he would then blackmail them. Right? That was his game. But the question is, who is bankrolling all this stuff and who else had access to that intelligence? Because this story has not even remotely been told yet when it comes to Jeffrey Epstein. I'm glad that J.P. Morgan is, is settling the case, but uh, the digging needs to continue. Okay, time for some things that I hate. When you talk about corporate America going woke, I mean, we're, we're just doing the memes now. So as I mentioned yesterday on the show, um, there is a very famous meme. The meme is when Republicans run the country and it shows a bomb with an American flag on it dropping over another country. And when Democrats run a country and it's a bomb with a transgender flag on it dropping over a country. Well, Lockheed Martin which produces the bombs, they're apparently all in. So Lockheed Martin showed up 
at a pride parade over the weekend. This would be, it looks like in Washington, D.C. And uh, here is Lockheed Martin, a defense contractor, marching for pride, guys. Yep, producing, you know, heat-seeking missiles on behalf of the LGBTQ plus IA community. Wow. Corporate America, all the way down to who, uh, all the way down to like manufacturer of our, of our jet engines has been hijacked by this entire pathetic ideological movement. It is insane. Fully, fully crazy. Mark Cuban, for his part, he is uh, saying that he is woke. So according to Breitbart, Cuban was speaking with business and political leaders at Michigan's Mackinac Island. He said, call me woke. You don't need to call it DEI. You can call it whatever you want. I call it good business. It means taking the people you're selling to and making sure your workforce looks like them, making sure you can reflect their values, being able to connect to that. That's what works for me. And he says, your constituents wake up in the morning. They don't think about Bud Light. They don't think about Target. They don't think about any of that stuff. They think about how it's going to live their lives or what's going to get them satisfaction. Now, that is not true at all. And, um, And Cuban is going to take it in the teeth if he continues with this. According to the Wall Street Journal, companies... Mentions of green and social initiatives during earnings calls have fallen off sharply in recent quarters, reversing a more boastful approach taken over the past few years amid intensifying pressure for some investors and conservative activists. DocuSign, for example, where Chief Financial Officer Cynthia Gaylor in March 2022 said the company achieved carbon neutral status during that year. Well, now, at the time, she said the company was continuing its efforts to reach net zero, but company executives have not mentioned sustainability initiatives, carbon neutral status, or net zero emissions on earning calls since. Why? Because... It actually is not an investor interest to do any of these things. It turns out that a lot of brands are running headlong away from ESG, DEI, sustainability. Executives at U.S. listed companies mentioned environmental, social, and governance, DEI, or sustainability on 575 earnings calls from April 1st to June 5th. That is down 31% from the same period last year. That's the largest such year-over-year decline and the fifth consecutive quarter of year-over-year drops following a pickup in these discussions. So Mark Cuban can talk all he wants about getting rich by, by going woke, but I fail to see any of the evidence of this. By the way, when, while we're talking about some things that uh, we hate, I have to say, this is an amazing headline. So there's a piece from the Washington Post called, quote, Target stores see more bomb threats over pride merchandise. Now, you read that headline, and you would think, who exactly is, um, who, who exactly is threatening with the bombs? Right? Who, who, who's making these threats? You would think that it's a bunch of wild-eyed right-wingers who are making these threats. Well, uh, that's actually not what is is happening. That's actually not what is happening. According to the piece, quote, police in Lafayette, Louisiana, searched two stores there and reviewed security footage after bomb threats were sent to multiple news organizations. The unknown sender said Target, quote, betrayed the LGBTQ plus community and are pathetic cowards who bowed to the wishes of far-right extremists who want to exterminate us. And so bomb threats, were made in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Utah from people claiming to be angry about the removal of the merchandise. So if you just read that headline, you would think that it's all Matt Walsh's fans who are threatening to bomb Target. People who listen to this show threatening to bomb Target. Wrong. Who is it? It's all the people who are pissed off about the removal of trans bathing suits from Target. They bury that down in paragraph 20. So again, the headline was Target stores see more bomb threats over pride merchandise. Now, that is the the most dishonest headline ever. It should be Target stores see more bomb threats over the removal of Pride merchandise. Because the people threatening are the people mad about the removal of the Pride merchandise. But the media have to play this as though it's evil right-wingers, even when it is not, in fact, 
evil right-wingers. Okay, final thing that I hate for today. So Megan Fox, who is a legit nut. I mean, she's a crazy person by all available evidence. So Robbie Starbuck, who is a great follow over on Twitter, he recently accused Megan Fox of forcing her three sons to wear girls' clothing against their wishes. And he tweeted out a picture of the actress with her boys, Noah 10, Body 9, and Journey 6. Starbuck used to live in the same community. And he said he saw two of her sons have a full-on breakdown, saying they were forced by their mom to wear girls' clothes as their nanny tried to console them. He said it's pure child abuse. Pray for them. Well, yesterday, Fox posted a screenshot of that viral post. She said, I really don't want to give you this attention because you're clearly a clout chaser. But let me teach you something. Irregardless. First of all, there is no such word. The word is regardless. Irregardless of how desperate you may become at any given time to acquire wealth, power, success, or fame. Never use children as leverage or social currency, says the lady dressing her boys as girls for the for the joys of being known as a virtuous mom, especially under malevolent and erroneous pretense. Exploiting my child's gender identity to gain attention in your political campaign has put you on the wrong side of the universe. I have been burned at the stake by insecure, narcissistic, impotent little men like you many times, and yet I'm still here. You effed with the wrong witch. Well, you sound totally not crazy. You sound like a person who should be trusted with children. You effed with the wrong witch. Also, um... You should probably not dress your three boys as girls. And when I say probably, I mean, you definitely should not. That's an actual act of child abuse. You should not do that. See, this is how upside down, we're living in the upside down. The upside down is where it is considered an act of child abuse to tell your boy that he is a boy, but it is an act of amazing parenting to forcibly dress your male child in female clothing. Welcome to California, gang. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be getting into the latest economic reports. We've got some inflation reports that are now out. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. <laughs> 